0: are at the gate. And they're off. Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Inglehart, racing's regular guy.
1: All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us for another edition of Winning Ponies. Happy you're listening today, and it doesn't really matter what day it is. Because of the wonderful world of podcasting, you can pull these shows down anytime. Scratch your head say, who did John's guests like? I don't care who the hell John liked, but who did John's guests like in the uh, feature at Santa Anita? Well, you can pull it up Saturday morning and find out before you make your wagers. But before you do make those wagers... Best go over and pull down our easy win forms. <laughs> Ooh, hope you did today, folks. That's right. Earlier today, it was a sixth race at Gulfstream Park, a $1 Super 5. We keyed a horse on top and the return came back 12000 Three hundred seventy-three dollars Yes, I said $12,373. We've really, through the easy win form, has been having a great couple of weeks at Gulfstream. A few days back, we had a $1 super high five there of $2,946. Not bad bad at all. And just four days ago, also in Florida, good place to watch and go to the races right now. A $1 Super 5 at Tampa Bay paid $3,640. Don't take my word for it. Go to the Winning Ponies website because we put up all of our bets and all of the results. Our first guest today, our only guest today, he's so special, we're saving him and giving him a Full 30 minutes, none other than Bob Railbird Roberts. Uh, Bob's been on the show before. Uh, also, if you're a, a handicapping contest player, you may have seen Bob at some of the different contests around the country. Uh Started out as a kid, always wanting to be a sports writer, and his dream did come true. After going through a couple different news outlets, uh, he ended up at the Cleveland Plain Dealer, and he wrote there for over 20 years. Uh, That's when I got to know Bob, kicking around the Midwest and covering races like uh, the Ohio Derby and some of the bigger races up at Thistledown. I'd usually cross paths with Bob, and the two of us would often host the annual Ohio Thoroughbred Breeders and Owners Awards Banquet. Great guy. A lot of fun. Good handicapper. That's the main thing for you. But Bob uh, does take a national view of the races, and we'll be talking to him about his last year and what he thought about our last year of racing. Uh, it certainly was a little bit different. But good news is we are coming out of the COVID stuff, and more and more, folks, you can hop in your car and go down to a racetrack near you and... Get the action live and in person. So Bob's going to be our guest. And the races that we have set up for you uh, down at Gulfstream, the Grade 3 Tropical Turf. Now, if memory serves me well, uh, this is a prep for the Pegasus World Championship Turf Invitational. So we'll see who gets invited out of this one-mile turf test at Gulfstream Park. Kind of a mixed bag in there. A lot of horses with some upside. A lot of horses, this will be there. 2022 debut, but hey folks, we're only a week into the year, so it's all of their 22 debuts. Out at Santa Anita, we're going to start looking at Phillies for the Kentucky Oaks and you can start to get your Oaks points in the Santa Ynez, and I may be screwing that name up I just don't speak Spanish very well and I don't live in California two hundred thousand dollars seven furlongs so a lot of these horses are just coming out of six furlongs and getting their legs under them and see if they can finally go out to the distance of the legendary Kentucky Oaks at Churchill Downs the day before the Derby and uh You know, round up the major cast of characters. Of course, Baffert's in here. John Sadler's in here. Doug O'Neill with a Nyquist. We'll find out who Mr. Roberts likes in the San Ynez. Seven furlongs for Phillies and their Oaks points on the line. All right, let's start wrecking out the news. He's back. That's right. I read Ortiz Jr. came back this afternoon. He won. Two races following his suspension, so uh, he is back in the saddle as expected. Now um, he was named in, in six races, and uh, but then he came back and won the other two. Of course, says it feels great. So he hadn't ridden since notching three wins on the December fifth Clasico Internacional de Caribe program at Camero racetrack in Puerto Rico. Uh, where he comes from. So uh, he's apologized for the mistake. It it happened December 3rd at Aqueduct when he kind of angled over and uh, caused apprentice jockey Omar Hernandez Moreno to be unseated. Luckily, he and the horse escaped. Injury doesn't matter. He had been warned before, and he kind of crossed the line this time. We're glad to see him back in the saddle. Well, somebody we won't see ever again with a saddle on his back is the... Preakness winner, Rombauer, the son of twirling candy, uh, who, uh, raced past Medina spirit in the Preakness stakes has been retired according to his, uh, trainer. Um, he was, uh, an interesting horse coming into the Preakness. It looked like he was a synthetic horse, but, uh, he surprised everybody, you know, but, uh, anyhow, he, uh. He will be retired, another one that will not see a 4 year old season. And uh, Ron Bauer, what can we say? Uh, Record of 3-1-2 from only eight career starts. But, hey, folks, I wouldn't mind owning a horse who only made eight starts if he could bring home $1.4 million. All right. Well, he's going to the breeding shed, and so is champion Gamine. Of course, she... Being a mare, we'll only have one full year, Uh, but she is going to reside at Hillandale Farm uh, in the Lexington area. So she was the champion female sprinter last year, and she'll be a finalist uh, uh, for this year, meaning 2021. But she she has been uh, retired. What a fast, fast filly. She was something else, man. I mean, you know, you, you think about it, for starters, what's she worth? Now she's won $1.7 million. She's a daughter of Into Mischief. Um I say she's worth that, uh, that's what she won at the races, winning 9 of 11 of her starts. But man, at Belmont, she blitzed a mile in 132 and 2, just missed the track record by like uh, two one-hundredths of a second or whatever the heck that is. Um, and then uh, she won the seven furlong test stakes at Saratoga, recording a stakes record of uh, 120 and four, and then the same distance to. The Breeders' Cup Philly and Mare sprint at Keeneland and a track record of 120 and 1. She only had two losses, but one of those came in the Kentucky Oaks, and uh, she tried to defend her uh, title in the last year's Breeders' Cup Philly and Mare sprint at Del Mar. And in both those races, she lost. She did finish third. And uh, sad to say, she was disqualified from her Oaks money and was placed last after the results showed a prohibited race day presence of betamethasone. Ring a bell? Well, it should. That's what uh, Medina Spirit was treated with. So uh, it looks like uh, she's going to take up residence there at Hillendale and will probably have her choice of stallions to go to. Boy, you remember this one, folks? De Haas. What an amazing story he is. He passed away at 30 years old at the Kentucky Horse Park. You go right down there and see him anytime you want at Now you can go down and visit his grave. Um, well, What 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 an amazing horse. He, he, he won almost $2 million. Uh, and he was purchased for $6,000. He started out at uh, Turf Paradise. And he went three for three in Arizona. And uh, then was moved on to Michael Dixon. Dickinson as a trainer, and he was sold to Preston Wood Farm. Uh, he is one of only five horses to win the Breeders' Cup mile twice. The amazing thing was between 96 and 98, he was injured three times and did not race for nearly two years and had only one start between his two Breeders' Cup victories. This is truly amazing. Let Tom Durkin say it all. The greatest comeback since Lazarus. Well, Haas no longer with us. And like I said, he is at the Kentucky uh, uh, Horse Park. Well, it, folks, you're wondering, well, what is uh, the state of racing right now? Well, folks, the stats are out. And uh, it looks like uh, things are going pretty good. We concluded the year with significant growth in both purses and And total handle of more than $12 billion. That's the highest since 2009. We're turning the corner, folks. And we've got new devotees because of COVID. They were home. They were locked up. And they were watching racing on TV and found out they liked it. Anyhow, let's take a look at some of the big numbers in here. The purses from last year up 35% from 869 to... 1.1 1.1 billion dollars uh, we did uh, increase race days but with that comes the average field size that just dipped a little right now we're looking at 7.37 uh in 2020 it was 7.94 but more on the positive things we had more race days and more people betting it, the uh uh, U.S. races were up 21%, and the starts were up 12%. So the horses, hey, doing pretty good. They're staying sounder and they're doing well. Could be the surface, could be what we're doing to keep them healthy. But, you know, e- either way, the average purses per day were up 10%, and that is good for everybody. More quality horse and more money for the horsemens. And Flavia Pratt six wins on a single day yeah he got jackie of the week but this is the third time in his career at santa Anita that he's won six races on a single card the amazing thing about saturday is he also finished second on four other mounts unbelievable some pretty decent cash in his pocket. Uh, but, you know, he, he did win uh, the uh, grade three, like Canada and um, the uh, Bobby Frankel. He won both of those. And uh, so congratulations in a week. His stats, 27 starts, 10 wins, nine seconds, three thirds. And took home for his horses over half a million at $651,000. All right, folks, you want to watch the Belmont Stakes? Well, you can. And uh, the final jewel, the Triple Crown, will now be moving to Fox. That's right. They probably had to belly up to the bar and ante up some money there. But the, the Belmont Stakes, the final jewel, the Triple Crown, used to be shown, let's see, back in from tw- in the early 2000s, it was on NBC. And then starting in 2006, it was on ASP and e- ABC and ESPN. I'm getting my alphabet mixed up. And then uh, it switched over to NBC. It'll be on NBC again this year, but then it's going to move to Fox Sports, a pretty big coup for them. And if you're looking for race action, Sam Houston's back, leading trainer, Steve Asmussen. He'll be back, too. That kicks off as I speak. So uh, a lot of people looking for action in the evenings. You got it, folks. As Sam Houston is back back. Stuart Elliott was the leading rider uh, last year, and he will be back to defend his title this year. So um, that's a look at uh, painting with a broad brush, the things that happened uh, last week. We're going to take a little bit of a break. When we come back, we've got n- more news to catch up with, including looking at last week's results, the races we went over with my buddy Rich Eng out in Las Vegas. I'm John Englehart. You're listening to Winning Ponies.
2: Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let WinningPonies.com make some money for you
0: BUSR brings you the best options for Triple Crown season and now is the time to get in on the action. Bet on the Kentucky Derby with BUSR. Enjoy daily rebates and cash bonuses including up to a $500 welcome bonus for winning Ponies listeners. Enter promo code PONIES, P-O-N-I-E-S when you sign up at BUSR.com backslash ponies. Again, that's promo code PONIES, P-O-N-I-E-S at BUSR.com backslash ponies bet with confidence bet with BUSR you're tuned in to winning ponies with your host John Inglehart, racing's regular guy the phone lines are open and are toll free 1-866-472-5788 or send us an email at show at winningponies.com. John and our guests are looking forward to hearing from you have any tips or comments you'd like to share? Any questions we would be happy to answer? Contact us. Now, back to the show, Winning Ponies with John Inglehart.
1: All right, and coming up in the next segment, uh, from the Cleveland Plain Dealer, well, retired now from the Cleveland Plain Dealer, but well-known and respected turf writer and author Bob Roberts will be with us, and he's going to help us break down some of those races I mentioned at the top of the show. Uh, Last week, we had Rich Ingon from Las Vegas, and he helped me handicap a couple of interesting races. That's right. As I said earlier, it's that time of the year. The two-year-olds turn three, and we got to find out. Who's got what it takes to get the mile and a quarter on the first Saturday of May in Louisville, Kentucky? Well, one horse that might like to be there. I like this horse at the window, too. New Grange. That's right. We talked about the other Bob Baffert horse. Rich picked Rockefeller. And I like New Grange. And folks, making only a second lifetime start, this son of violence, my notes say, wow he's big he's strong he controlled the pace of the sham and uh he just got tapped once by johnny v it looked like maybe his ears were flapping around a little bit want to keep his interest in but that's it and uh the, the son of violence won again out of the baffert barn uh new grange won only paid seven and some change but hey if you saw that on the floor you'd pick it up right so he is now two for two in his lifetime, but did win as a two year old at Delmar, winning his maiden pretty easy. He cleared off. Johnny V was up for his maiden win, too. He's going to be shopping around because, as you will see as the weeks go on, Johnny V is. <laughs> having his pick amounts out on the West Coast. But anyhow, it was New Grange over Rockefeller. Baffert won two. Big surprise in a young horse race there. Third was Oviat Class. Then in the middle of the country, when we went to Hot Springs, Arkansas, Oak Lawn Park, we had a big field slopping their way home in the Smarty Jones. Dash Attack, Ken McPeak trainee, had to take back at the start, was dismissed at odds of 7-1. Munnings had a good weekend, the stallion. Dash Attack gets the job done, David Cohen in the saddle the second time. This horse also 2-for-2 with a maiden win as a 2-year-old, so he got that out of the way. Dash Attack takes the Smarty Jones and the second spot was Barber Road. And we said during the show that that was a very, very tough post to overcome. But nonetheless, breaking with the 10 hole, it was Barber Road getting the second spot over Cavad, who was one of the favorites. Again, that was the Smarty Jones. And back in New York, I hope you could see this race because I couldn't. <laughs> it was poor and rain, kind of a foggy miss. It was really hard to see the field. But as they turned for home, it was Kovacier, Rich's top pick, getting the job done after breaking his maiden. This horse cost $600,000. A son of Tappet ought to be able to go the derby distance. But as you might recall, the mother here, Take Charge Brandy, she won the Breeders' Cup Phillies and the Grade 1 Starlet. while. Well, uh... Bank rolling one point six million dollars, and she liked a mile or more. And we'll see if her son Cavassier does on the first Saturday in May. Second spot, putting in a nice rally, was Smarten up. And third, down on the inside, was Cook Creek. All right, that was a look at last week's results. And now, how about last year's results, as far as graded stakes were concerned? Drum roll, please. Well, let's take a look at about 10 jocks as far as graded stakes, and this will be very important for the races we talk about on Winning Ponies on a regular basis. On top, it was Joel Rosario, who, just Just edged out Flavio and Pratt. Joel Rosario, 49 graded stakes wins. Of course, uh, the one he'll probably want to uh, endear the most was the wins on Nick's go, who may be voted horse of the year. Joel Rosario, 149. Right behind him at 45 was Flavio and Pratt. Of course, earlier on the show, we talked about Ron Bauer, the Preakness winner. Being retired, he was aboard for that ride, and I won't even go on to the list of graded stakes races. Don't forget, Pratt also won, this will be a good trivia question in a couple of years, the 2019 Kentucky Derby aboard Country House. That's right, folks. Country House did not run again after the Derby, and of course, Country House won the Kentucky Derby uh, after the disqualification of maximum security. So uh, Pratt was aboard, so he got his derby win, but I think he'd like to get a clean one under there. All right, real quick, so we get this done. I read Ortiz at 36. Louis sayas won 32 graded stakes races. Uh, sure, he's happy. If only he had the money from Essential Quality. Let me tell you, he, uh, Karen McLaughlin did a good job uh, taking him under his wing. Luis says, again, 32. He was ranked the fourth best. Jose Ortiz, following his brother. Um, he gets in at number five. At number six, the man we were just talking about, Johnny V. That's right, he's already in the Hall of Fame, but right now he's the sixth leading, graded stakes winning rider in North America. Flo, Florence Giroux, had 18. Uh, Ricardo Santana, he had 16, is ranked number eight. At number nine, tied it were Junior Alvarado and Juan Hernandez at 15. So those are the names of the jocks you want to look for in these graded stakes races. How about the trainers? Well, let's find out. At 35... On top, none other than Todd Pletcher. Not enough time in the show to go over all of his stakes wins with 35 of them graded. But uh, let's face it, he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. He was inducted last year. Happy to see him there. Got a tie for second between Bob Baffert and Chad Brown. They are both tied at 33 graded stakes races. Not surprisingly, in the mix there for the lead was Brad Cox at 33. Thirty, And then we had a tie in the fifth category between Mark Cassie and Steve Asmussen. They both had 21 graded stakes wins. Bill Mott at 17. Phil D'Amato at 15. Mike Maker had 13, Richard Mandela, 11. Those are all names you should be familiar with. But now you know they were the tops in the country last year. And a lot of them had some of these babies in their barn. That's right. (laughs) The world's 10 most expensive sires coming up for this year. Well, you got to head overseas to get to Dubai in England. Uh, He stands for a quarter million dollars. And uh, then in the second spot, the legendary Frankel, the son of Galileo, uh, he stands for 200,000. Let's scroll on down here and see who else we got in this top group. Um, Sorry about that. Everything slips. And number three, I was waiting for this one to come up because he's also at two hundred and fifty thousand dollars is into mischief. So for a quarter million dollars, you can get to him Um, for one hundred and fifty. You can go over to England and breed the king, man. Now, tap it. He is holding at one hundred and eighty five thousand dollars. And he will get every bit of that and a whole lot of mares. Right with him is Curlin, uh, who right now commands a $175,000 fee. At 150 dollars you see the stars. And Wooten Bassett, those, again, European horses, you probably won't be seeing too many of them until they decide to go to the Chad Brown barn when somebody moves them over here. And back in North America, Uncle Moe one hundred and sixty thousand dollars he stands for. So that's a take a look at the, the top jocks and the top trainers in North America last year. Um, so that pretty much rounds out the content of the first part of this week's show, we, we covered last week's races. We covered the tees uh, for this week's races. But most importantly, we gave you a little background on my friend that will be up next with us. Right now, he goes by the name of Bob Roberts. That's right. Bob Railbird Roberts. He'll be coming to us here after we take a quick break here. You're listening to Winning Ponies.
2: The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com
0: And they're off!
2: What? Can't make it to the track?
0: Winning Ponies with John Inglehart.
1: And uh with me right now a uh, man I am always happy to sit around and talk horses, talk racing, talk anything I want to because he's on top of every subject I bring up. None other than Bob Railbird Roberts. Bob, how are you my friend? Happy New Year. And a healthy one
3: to you. Yes, let's uh... Let's have a good, uh, 2020, boy, 2022 sounds funny to me. I know 2021 sounded okay, but 2022 sounds like, uh, the Jetsons or something.
1: I don't know why. It just seems <laughs> like we're way down the road. I don't know. Well, you think all those things, remember as a kid watching the Jetsons and seeing all those crazy things and now half of them exist.
3: <laughs> yeah,
1: it's true. Well, we've, we've lived long enough to see that, John. <laughs> yeah. Think about the old Dick Tracy watch, you know? You're like a guy talking into his watch? What, are you kidding me?
3: <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Oh, so, well, well, how about you watch some old TV shows, the first cell phone? Look at the guy with a refrigerator to his ear, for God's sake.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Remember the cool guys who used to drive around with cell phones in their car, you know, impressing oh, yeah, everyone? In the car.
3: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I knew I guys that me. used buy
1: plastic ones and put them put them on their console to impress people. They didn't work. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but they look good. Oh
3: well. Yeah. <laughs> so All right. You know,
1: so what what does 2022 uh, hold uh, for the railbird shall we say? I know you always incorporate some handicapping contests, a couple trips, live racing yeah. you got your own little hideaway place up there where you go and, and, and bet with your buddies. What does the year right. hold for Bob Roberts? Well, I went to the
3: handicapping contest at Hialeah the second week in December. With, it was two races ago. I was sitting in second place with a shot to advance to uh, Vegas. And then two long shots won the last two races. Apparently, there was it was a $500 buy-in. Some guy bought five entries. And wow. he was down to the last hundred on his fifth entry. And he just betted on the longest shot in the race. Of course, it had not run since August at Colonial Downs. And he wins the last race and pays forty-four bucks, and the guy knocked me back to fifth place, and a couple other guys must have had it too. But I don't know, John. I always I love handicapping contests, but I don't understand. The, I, I, they're really not handicapping contests when your back's against the wall and you have a hundred dollars left, and you can't you can't play a, a logical eight to one shot because you can't win. So they shoot for the you know shoot for, shoot for the moon, and once in a while they they land on the moon. Really not, uh, If I ran the handicapping contest of the world, it would be very simple. Ten races, all locked down. Everybody's picks have to be in before the first race goes to the post. And you can put secondary and third picks in case there's scratches. And it's two to win, two to place, two to show. Most yep. mutuals wins the contest. But everybody's got to be pick and pray or lockdown, down, whatever you want to call it. because That's a true handicapping contest.
1: You know what I mean? That's what I would do. Yeah, now at, at the Hialeah contest, do they do they put like a, a twenty to one cap on long shots so guys can't no, do exactly what they I did? Don't, I don't think there were any caps. It,
3: no, it was uh,
1: I went because it was just win,
3: place, and show. It was five hundred to get in, two hundred went to the prize pool. You bet with the three hundred, and you had to make ten bets. Minimum bet twenty bucks, and uh, the guy with the highest bankroll won. So going into that, after I made the hit in the third last race. My 300 became 850, so I was doing pretty good. And then I chased a couple of horses in the last couple of races and didn't didn't get there. But it was win, place, and show. I'm, I don't want to go to contests where guys are trying to pick super effect. Ah, that's not handicapping to me. So yeah. I get on online contests, but I always play the pick and pray so guys can't you know just sit in the weeds and wait. You know, and, and when the back's against the wall and, and knock you out. Because if two eight to five shots win the last two races. I might have advanced in Vegas.
1: You know, so Well there's plenty what you of do? You, Bob, it was opportunities it was 81 out there.
3: degrees.
1: Now now Bob, uh talking to to you as somebody that that uh that goes into handicap, you've already told us that the that the type of contest you, you prefer. Now, when right. you go know, into a handicapping contest, Bob? What's your approach? Obviously, you're, you sleep with that racing form under your pillow the night before, and you do a lot of right. homework. But, I mean, what's your plan of attack, or does it change from contest to contest? It does. It changes from contest.
3: Kind of, but I'm prepared because I, uh, I do some work for the harness track in Cleveland, Northfield Park, and they, it's probably the most progressive-minded racetrack in the country. They have handicapping contests for free every Sunday. $1,000. $500 to the winner, like $300 per second. And uh, they do it on uh, New York until uh, the championship meet at Gulfstream starts. And then it's on Stream December, January, February, and March. And uh, on Triple Crown weekends, there's a handicapping contest on Friday, Oak Day. There's a handicapping contest on Derby Day. And then the regular contest on Sunday. And it's $2,000 on, on Oaks Day, 2000 on Derby Day, and 1000 on a regular Sunday contest, I bet you there's not another racetrack in the country that's doing it. That. And
1: we're talking about a harness track that
3: does mm-hmm. this. You yeah,
1: know what I, I, mean? I, so, I, I got to think, Bob, you, you've lived there your whole life in that area. Right. Um, what, what do you think right. that does to Thistledown that's really just a stone's throw from Northfield?
3: Well, that's one of the great unanswered questions in the world. Why don't they? Uh, yeah, that I means if you and I were running Kassel we would probably uh, say, "Well, no school has a thousand dollar contract, We should have one for
1: twelve hundred, for fifteen
3: 1500
1: you know, Bob, Bob, Bob hold there. your phone up a little bit closer. We're 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 kind of losing you here. You're going in and out. So, Whoa. put your tinfoil hat on and uh, uh, point towards the northeast. That usually helps. Really? Yeah. Yeah, give it a go. All
3: right. I'm turning my body northeast with my house. By the way, I don't know if you saw it on the news or not. We had a earthquake here two days ago. No, no. It was, uh, yeah, it was uh, about a mile and a half. I live about uh, two miles from Lake Erie, and the, uh, and the earthquake hit a mile and a half out into the lake. And we felt it. It was like two cities over, maybe three or four miles. But we felt the boom.
1: In our house, I call my neighbor. And go, well, I'm, yeah. I'm glad you're here to talk about it, Bob Roberts. Well, listen, <laughs> let, let, let's get back but, to but your preparation. Approach John to is handicapping contest. Handicap. When you open up the form and you see you're going to handicap a certain card to contest, is there a favorite race? Is there something, uh, a grass race? A a claimer with horses dropping or going up, or a distance race. When you look at one, is there one that you go, "Ooh, this is in my wheelhouse"? No, I tell you what.
3: I, I don't have. Uh, there's just one kind of race I don't like. I don't like races that are like a mile and a half or longer. I'm not those those mini marathons. They don't do nothing for me. But I trip handicap New York every day, and I also trip handicap Gulfstream during the championship meet. So at night I watch every replay and I keep a notebook and I also send in trip notes and I get trip notes back. I had a, a trip note on a horse today in the first race at Gulfstream. The horse had an extremely wide trip last time. Sometimes that's not reflected in the footnotes in the form. So I made a nice bet on the horse and he won and paid 780. So, you know, I, I was off to, I was off to the races. So I do a lot of trip handicap and I look for track biases and, uh, I'm not a big speed figure guy, because those guys are always adjusting those things uh, after the fact, which I don't like. <laughs> and then, not the, if you paid attention lately, they're having a lot of trouble with timing races, and those yeah. speed figures are based on times, final times. So I don't know. I mean, there's a problem every day at Gulfstream with one or two races. They have to hand time them. So I'm not big on uh, I'm not big on speed figures. It's not a numbers game to me.
1: All right. How about trainer or jockey changes?
3: Very important. Very important. There's some jockeys that have high percentages on dirt, and they're lost on the grass. And then uh, to me, the greatest grass rider in my my time has, uh, in the last 15 or 20 years, not my time, but I think Javier Castellano is like the, the, one of the all-time great grass jockeys in America. I just think he has a feel for it. He just knows where he is all the time. And the I think the uh, the guy that's going to take his throne away one of these days soon is the gaffleone kid who rides uh, in Kentucky in the summer and uh, yeah, Florida Tyler in the winter. Good. Tyler yeah. is. And I noticed him early on on the grass. It's, it's not easy to ride on the grass. I don't know what it is. A lot of guys, like, you know, they're out. They they, they get trapped or they, or they go too fast too soon or they're 88 wide. But, uh, I think Tyler is, uh, is the, uh, the, uh, to me, to my, you know, to my grass throne, I think he's gonna follow Castiano. Yeah. And there's trainers that are, you know, they're one for sixty for a reason. They, they just don't have it. You know what I mean? Uh, today, I stayed away from the early races at Belm, at Aqueduct because there was some craziness in the first couple of races there. Horses who hadn't run since, uh, February for trainers that, uh, were like, uh, Five percenters and they got the money today so you got you got to be careful i mean guys win some guys win a lot and some guys i mean you, i heard you read numbers you're reading clutcher and those guys they uh they just got it some guys don't have it so you know
1: well uh to 2021 bob uh you know you you're, you were a news yeah. guy for for many many years Um, what, what's sadly, it seems like the stories, you know, Medina spirit, I mean that, that his story just kept, well, he he rose to the heights and then he fell off the mountain and then he kind of proved himself back on the racetrack. And now we don't have him to talk about anymore because he, he, he's not with us. He, he was certainly right. perhaps the, the number one story. But, you know, attached to that story was uh, all the potential nefarious things that uh, could have potentially gone into his, his win. Um, and and right. the whole Bob Baffert scenario. Uh, how do you absorb that? Because it comes from so many angles.
3: Yeah, I know. I'm I'm afraid that is the number one story from last year. The problem, which really bothers me, is it's not only the number one story in 2021, it's still the number one story in 2022 because they haven't uh, figured out what to do with this thing yet in Kentucky. They haven't made a move if if the derby win counts or doesn't count. So that's kind of screwing things up here. So, yeah, that's the number one story. I'm afraid the bad stories are... uh, or the top stories from last year. I mean, I got, I got a list of like the top seven or eight stories and I have to go down to like, uh, the number five or six. I mean, wagering was way up in America last year. I got that on my top, uh, top seven or eight. I mean, it was up what, uh, it was the highest figure since 2009. So I was yeah. impressed with, uh, how America bet the races last year. I thought that's I, a good story. Up almost 12%. Think, uh, yeah. Yeah. Right, and uh, Asmussen becoming the all-time leading trainer, that one kind of, what I don't understand about that was we make a big deal about him becoming number one, but they've yet to ever honor the guy who he knocked off the uh, throne, Dale Baird. Yes. I don't think it should matter, I don't think it should matter that, uh, that he uh, trained uh, cheap claiming horses, but he still won the races. He put in the time and, and got to the winner's circle. There are other guys trying to get there, too. So I don't know why he hasn't, uh, been put in the Hall of Fame, you know. I, I, yeah. I used to call the TRA once in a while and say, you know, you honor the, uh, the, the Eclipse Award to the top trainer and the top jockey. Why don't you have Eclipse Awards for the winningest trainer and the winningest jockey? I mean, why, why aren't they recognized? And they're not. They're not recognized at that banquet every year. So that's one of the feel-good stories. That's not breaking the record. And then the other one, I think, you know, the wagering was a big story. And then, of course, the Knicks goal. That's a great story. He's probably going to be a horse of the year, win the Pegasus and the Breeders' Cup Classic. So those are my feel good stories. But uh, Medina Spirit, uh, that's number one. You know, I'll tell you one that really troubles me, John, is the closing of Arlington Park.
1: Oh, God. Yeah. I mean, th- that's yeah. huge. I mean, that's historic, right. period. Right. I
3: started worrying a few years back, a few years, 10, 15 years now, maybe 20, when Hazel Park DRC, Detroit Racecourse, closed. And there wasn't even a whimper in the industry that, that uh, the city of Detroit, which at one time was the third largest city in the United States, is now without thoroughbred racing. As a young boy, uh, as a 10 and 12 year old, I have relatives across the bridge from Detroit in Windsor, Ontario. And we go up there for weddings, talking about in the 60s, late 60s. There'd be 20,000 people at the Hazel Park on a Saturday. Wow. I mean, it was a big deal. And on weekdays, first post time at Hazel Park was 3.30. You know, I don't know why? Because the Ford and GM plants, the, uh, the day shift <laughs> let out at the 3 or 3.15. So they tailored the weekday post times to get those guys to the track. And it was uh, pretty big league racing there in Detroit for a long time. You know, so when that went away, nobody complained. And now here goes Arlington Park. You've been to Arlington Park, haven't you? Oh yeah, it's gorgeous. I mean, the old Arlington was beautiful, and the new Arlington is spectacular. I don't, uh, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't like the fact that they're closed. So that's another bad story. Uh, obviously, Navarro getting ready to go to prison for what five years? Yeah. That's a bad story. And uh, I was kind of surprised about this uh, fumbling by uh, uh, horse racing integrity uh, thing. Now, where
1: does that stand
3: now these days?
1: Uh... Uh, yeah. I'm going to have two guests on uh, in the near future. Okay. One from each side of the story. Um, yeah, That'd be actually,
3: good.
1: yeah. I, I, I'm having more people that are detractors, <laughs> uh, offer to do interviews than I am the people who are supporters. So yeah. I don't know what that says, but yeah, I'm you know, <laughs> the calls out there, if they want to come on with me, the call is out there. So we'll see, Hey, you know, people are busy this time of year. Hopefully I can get some people back. That's why <laughs> That's why I'm going to take a couple of weeks because you, you without the support of, uh, the USDA and the HBPA, those are pretty big horses in the barn that you got to buck.
3: Yes, 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 yes.
1: So those are the leading stories. List. Is there any more that uh, that I missed?
3: What else did you want to have on your list? Um,
1: really not much. I mean, you you, you pretty much uh, you know topped them all. Uh, of course, uh, you know we continue to see uh, the rash of early retirements. That's the sad thing about Madonna spirit is uh, it was great that he was going to come back, you know, as a four year old to maybe prove himself. And um, I I guess as long as, uh, you know, Racing is expensive as it is for those horses at the top. uh, We're going to continue to see it, but hopefully, you know, um, you know, we'll we'll see life is good and some other, you know, some of the good older horses continue to do battle along the way. We'll see where Art Collector pops up. We'll find out a little bit more after Dubai, I guess. But uh, you know, it's just uh, that that's just it's not a big story, but it continues to be one that kind of gnaws at me here. We spend uh, a lot of our time as people that love the racing game and trying to create stars and boop, there they go. You know, uh, you know, you know what we should put on the list. I, I ju-
3: it just hit me. We should put on the list at uh, the tip of the hat to Fox sports network for their yeah. uh, dedication and uh, the extend, you know, expanding uh, racing coverage on television. That's uh I think that was, I mean, it started several years ago and they would go every day from from Saratoga. And then they started doing on and Aqueduct now. I think that's just great. I think they do a great job. They do a they great really job. The they really
1: do. They really do. And I don't know if you noticed, but lately they've been working uh, my man, uh, Big A, Anthony Stabile, into the show. That guy is Oh, well, he's on there? Yeah. I haven't
3: seen it lately. Yeah, he's on there? Yeah. I watch just- him and uh, Serling, uh handicap the uh, the top of the talking horses at the start start of the New York uh, program every day. I watch that. I didn't know he was getting a little Fox exposure now too. Uh, good for him. Good for yeah. him. Yeah, that's a great show. I mean, sometimes you have I I I always thought that uh, TVG was a good idea. I'm just not so sure that I I just don't embrace how they how they handle their their coverage, I mean, they make a big deal out of handicap in the race, then they make a big deal about running down every horse in the post parade, but as soon as you hit the wire, they're off to another track, and hey, by the way, that race we just showed you uh there's an inquiry well we'll let you know how that turns out why what? what do you mean you're going to let me know i I don't like that or if it's a tight finish, they go off to another race, and you don't know who won the photos if that's all you're watching is t v g so I think uh, Fox only does, like, two tracks at a time so they can manage it better.
2: I mean, right, I know TPG's
3: right. got a headache trying to balance a half a dozen tracks, but... I'm, well, I'm grateful for Fox, and I guess what Fox just signed the deal to take over the Belmont next
1: year. Right, right. Uh, the uh, the year after this, that uh, they they take over, so uh, they'll they'll continue. And I totally agree with you. I think it's great to be able to flip on the TV and not have to pay for a whole right. other tier channel on your cable TV uh, <laughs> to, to, to get right. racing. You know. Well, listen. Speaking about racing, uh, we, we got some coming up this week. Uh, not a whole lot, as you know. This is the kind of the the time of the year where Racing goes a little bit into neutral uh, as we're gearing up for the Oaks and Derby Trail. But we do have an Oaks points race uh, this week in in the San Yanez, if I'm saying that right. And I'm probably not. Um, But I I like half the field in here. There's no huge standout. And yes, folks, Bob Baffert has an extremely well-bred three-year-old filly in Mm -hmm. the field. Uh, Bob, I'm having a hard time separating his horse, which is under the stars. Uh, John Sadler's big switch. I know it's a cow bred, but the horse's times are good. It's two for two career stakes race, but it was a California race. And then you got uh, Awake at Midnight. I guess uh, Paul Redham can't breed all the Nyquist babies, so he goes out and buys one. And Awake at Midnight. Right. Looks legit. Uh wins the open when I say open, it wasn't restricted race. Uh just missed in the Jimmy Duranny. I think that'll draw a lot of people's odds, but if you look yeah. at the times of the races and horses that are improving, I think big switch and under the stars merit more consideration.
3: Yeah, I uh, Baffert's just uh he's just hotter than hell already at Santa Anita since they opened. So I'm gonna uh I'm gonna bow to him in that spot. Yeah. That's uh He's got the. Is that Velasquez on that horse? No.
1: Oh, well, where'd he go? Velasquez is on the other horse I like, Big Switch. Oh. For John. Well, no. That's uh. Ugh. Maybe he's it's trying to get it, the mount it, on it. flight line. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Could be. Could be.
1: That hey, might be the story to about talking yeah. next year, Bob. That horse is a Yeah, freak. yeah, yeah. The other races I
3: looked at, I don't know, but I looked at the tropical turf, and I looked at the race at Aqueduct. Did you look at those two?
1: No, but yeah, walk me through Aqueduct, will you? And I've got the tropical turf okay. in my hand. We've still got about four minutes. Okay, Aqueduct's got the, uh, say, Florida Sandy,
3: $100,000 race. It's New York, right? it's seven furlongs. But it's an interesting race. I think it's a competitive race. There's a guy that's been shipping over from Philadelphia Park the last uh, couple of years, Danny Velasquez really does a nice job. He chips in from like uh, parks, and he parks is, I don't bet parks a lot, but I have a lot of respect for the horses there in the horsemen because they seem to do a very good job. It must be extremely competitive at parks. He's got a horse in there called Battle Station, and this kid is so sharp. The horse has been Aqueduct twice in the past, not this year, this winter yet. But uh, the horse is eight to one on the morning line. He's got the three hole Battle Station going seven long and I am gonna put my money on him. I put him on top. There's a big favorite in there, my boy Tate. Uh he he's he's gonna come running late with uh Eric Cancel, but I'm gonna I'm gonna make a win bet on Battle Station and I'll use him I use them to uh to my boy Tate the uh the other horse. And then there's uh another horse called Chestertown who's also eight the one, ass mustin trained horse. So I'm gonna I'm gonna bet Battle Station and use him in gimmicks to my boy Tate and Chestertown. So, uh, All right. Oakland's got the Pippin. Right, I didn't look at the Pippin, but is that that's Phillies, isn't it? That is uh, Phillies and Mares, four and up, going a mile for one hundred and fifty thousand. And there's a horse in there called Miss Bigley, trained by Phil D'Amato. Looks good to me. She's been to Oaklawn once and she won at Oakland. And uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna make a win bet on her. But uh,
1: you said you did look at the Tropical Turf. I did, I did. Uh, uh, one mile yeah, on the turf, and I believe this is the prep for the Pegasus World Championship Turf Invitational. And we got a mm-hmm. horse in here that that was his last start, <laughs> Largent. Yeah. Uh, well, obviously I something must have happened. But uh, you know, the the leading uh, graded stakes winning trainer in North America last year, Todd Pletcher knows what he's doing. Uh and coming back off the layoff, he wins twenty six percent of the time. Uh I just wonder if this horse is gonna need one or not. I, I, I think the other horse in here that merits consideration, it's a pretty funky field, is is value proposition uh from the Chad Brown Barn. Uh All right. Just loves this, uh, one mile distance, uh, uh, six starts, three wins, a second and a third for, uh, 635,000. That ain't too bad. Likes the distance. Um, and Chad Brown don't know what it's, uh, what it's been doing since November though. But again, uh, this race is going to be a prep for the big turf race on Pegasus world, uh, cup day, uh, mile and a turf. And, uh, so, hopefully, we'll find out. But at least Bob also gave us horses to watch in, uh, in New York and Oaklawn Park. The other thing to d- do is keep an eye on the weather map, folks, because we have had some uh, scheduling cancellations uh over uh the past couple of days so keep an eye out for that the winter weather that's coming uh hopefully it won't affect the races on the east coast florida's usually pretty safe um let me just double check here i got out of my chat with andrew bobby boy you back i'm back i don't know what happened i didn't move a muscle i heard a beep beep in my ear all right. Well, beep, beep. we got about a minute and a half here for the Tropical Turf. Uh, uh, who you like? I'll let you talk. That way I won't stop. Well, I, 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 this,
3: this, to me, this large and looks like he's, he's the real deal here. I mean, this horse has run at Gulfstream six times with four wins in two seconds. My God. By the way, you see what Pletcher's percentage is at Gulfstream so far this winter? The 47%? Guys, who, who, who wins it? 47%? He's fifteen for thirty-two. Who who does that? That's uh, that's amazing. This horse loves golf stream. Pletcher loves Golfstream, Louis Saez loves Golfstream. I'm not betting against this horse. I'm not betting against him.
1: All right. I'll, well, take them, make I'll take larger the ones. part of your horizontal bets because there's not a whole lot to get your teeth in in the Tropical Park turf. Either right. way, Bob, I always like. Chattering my teeth with you anytime I can. Uh, I thank (laughs) you very much for your time, and I'll see you live and in person somewhere down the road. You got it, John. By the way, John, that pick six is a mandatory giveaway at
3: Gospers Saturday.
1: What would I do without you, man? You're my, you're my total news source. Thanks a lot, large Bob. Si- Largent's your single. There you go. I'll talk there to you. There you go. You heard it from the railbird's mouth. Bob Roberts charting out Largent in the Tropical Turf. I'm John Engelhardt. I want to thank our producer Andrew. Most of all, I want to thank you for tuning in to Winning Ponies. Remember, if you got friends that like the races and they miss the show, tell them they can pull us down on podcast when you go to the races. Bet with your head